Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella, which is just a very extra way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. I'm Dios FM. And I am Mala Muñoz. Locatora Radio is your prima's favorite podcast hosted by us, Mala and Diosa. We're two IG friends turned podcast partners, breaking down pop culture, feminism, sexual wellness, and offering fresh takes on trending topics through nuanced interviews with up-and-coming Latinx creatives. Known as Las Locatoras, Las Mamis of Meten Bullshit, and Las Porcasteras Peligrosas, we were podcasting independently since 2016, but joined iHeartMedia's My Cultura Network in 2022. This year, we're continuing to share stories from the Latinx community pa' todo el mundo. Welcome to Season 8. Are, Are you listening? listening? Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome to Season 8 of Locatora Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. You're tuning in to Capitulo 173-173. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to Locatora Radio. Leave us a review and share with a friend, share with primas. You can even share with enemies. <laughs> and don't forget to follow us across all social media platforms at locatora underscore radio. So, so today, this is a big episode. This is a huge episode for us. Yes. Over the years, we've talked about this artist in different episodes and just sprinkled our love, adoration, admiration for this artist. But today is the Beyonce episode. We're honestly still on an emotional hangover recovering from the Renaissance tour that came to Los Angeles. And so... We want to talk all things Renaissance and all things Beyonce today. We are millennials. We have never known a world without Beyonce. She has been around our entire lives, our childhoods, our adolescence, teen years, 20s, up until the present. So this is an episode I think that we've basically been preparing for our entire lives. We have deep Beyonce love, but also deep Beyonce knowledge. And we're just going to, like, 
we're just gonna we're just gonna love on her and talk about what we wore, what the beehive wore, because we did some coverage for the LA Times for De Los, and we were interviewing fans in the merch line, and it was glorious. It was such a good time, but we had fun with it ourselves because we both got dressed up. Yeah, I think I approached it at first when Beyonce requested all of her fans, all of the concert goers, wear silver. I very much approached it low-key because if you've been following me or listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm a gold girl through and through. I don't own any piece of silver jewelry. Like, I'm such a gold girl that my engagement ring is gold. Like, I told... Fernando, do not buy me silver. I will not wear it. So anyway, when Beyonce requested everyone wear silver chrome for Virgo season, for the rest of the Renaissance tour, I approached it very low key. I was like, I'll do one silver piece because I'm not going to rewear any of this. And I'm just, that's just going to be the best that I can do. And then I'm randomly shopping at Target for my Target needs. And I see these silver cargo pants that honestly look like foil they look like aluminum foil and i texted mala and i was like should i buy these and immediately she goes yes you need them 100 and then i realized i was approaching this all wrong like this was not the concert the event to be low-key at because everybody was going to be dressed up people were hand making their costumes people were showing up Mala herself wore an actual costume. So this mm-hmm. was not the time to be like cute and precious about it. Of like, I'm not silver, so I'm just going to do something low key. No. Queen Beyonce asked us to show up in silver and to show out in silver. So we did. Yes. She said that she wanted us to create a human disco ball, essentially. She wanted to see a sea of chrome. And what I loved was how everybody sort of embodied kind of a different song off of the Renaissance album. So I feel like you were embodying Cozy. 100%, yes. And it was so cute. And then I I did get like a space cadet like costume. And so I was alien superstar with the chrome cowboy boots that I'm st- that I'm wearing right now as we speak. Like we're still we're still feeling that residual Renaissance for sure for sure. And there's like this one fan who's been dressing up like hardcore as an alien. Yes. And going to all the cities. I love it. I love it. And then I've seen some church girl adaptations as well. Everybody's, you know, kind of playing with their take on it. So we were uh, for the Losk covering the event. And what we did was we were interviewing fans in line, asking them about their outfits, their botas. But we were also asking fans what their favorite Beyonce lyric is and if they could recite it in Spanish. So fun. Everybody tried their best (laughs) to translate the lyrics into Spanish. And it was a hoot and a half. And it was actually really funny because we were having a hard time finding Spanish speakers in the line. It's so true. You know, it got to the point where I was like, does nobody speak Spanish in Los Angeles? Where are we? It was so funny. And Mala had a really good, astute observation about, you know, how we were approaching it because... You know, essentially, we were seeing glam tejanas everywhere, like the botas, the hats. We were, I think, maybe confused because we were like, wait, maybe that person speaks Spanish. Honestly, we were asking anyone and everyone. We weren't going off of, oh, they look a certain way. It was more so like they look approachable. They look good. Let's see. Right. 
And, well, nobody speaks Spanish, apparently. We did get a couple good ones. We oh, did. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. We did. If you hit up the De Los social media pages, so it's at the Los Angeles Times on Instagram Reels and on TikTok, you'll see our video up there. We interview folks. And a lot of people took a good crack at it, at translating their interviews, and it was really funny because the it, the lyrics do not translate into Spanish. So. No. No, and that's the whole point because it, it really does kind of stump you unless you're like really creative and roll with it. Like a, a, one of the women that we interviewed said espite in el, in el beat, <laughs> which is not correct, but like solid effort. And I got what she meant. It worked. It worked. It worked. And you know what? It's almost like, it, OK, it's like disco renaissance picolandia yeah. is how yes. people were dressed. So it's so true. You know, I'm very interested by the fact that there's kind of an overlap between style and global artists right now. Mm. For example, like if you look at pictures from the Eras tour, Taylor Swift's tour, Mm -hmm. and you see Beyonce Renaissance tour, some of the fashion is the same. And if you look at Garo G's tour, (laughs) it's a little more neon, right? But hats, Boots. boots, neon, chrome. Glitter. And so I, I think it's very interesting what's happening with the concert looks. I don't, there's just something there that I haven't identified yet, but there's, there's a thread that I'm trying to pull. Yeah, the Southwest is having a moment. For sure. Like Texas is having a big moment. I mean, Megan the Stallion a couple years ago now, mm-hmm. I think was doing a lot more Texas, Houston looks. And then of course, like Beyonce and Megan both being from Texas, like it, that, that the South, I think aesthetically is just it right now. Like people are really tapping into it. I think these things come and go in waves. For sure. You yeah. Know? And then even like a few years ago, like what Lady Gaga with her Joanne album. Right. She was wearing a hat and it was a little bit Southwestern. So yeah, it, that's just like the vibe right now. And I think it's really interesting. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to track the fashion and how concerts or how just artists can have so much influence, right, over culture, especially someone as incredible and has stood the test of time, has had a career of 26 years like Beyonce, can really influence just how we move, how we show up, how we enjoy things. And Beyonce has been performing for 26 years. And like Mala said, like we've never known a world without her. Whether that be through Destiny's Child or her solo career, Beyonce has always been like a pop star, mm-hmm. a star, an R&B star, a star of the girl group. Like she's a just always star. a movie star. She's always been around in that way for us. 100%. I mean, starting, I first came to know Beyonce through Destiny's Child. She's lead singer. She's killing it. I remember Bills, Bills, Bills. I remember No, No, No. Mm-hmm. I remember Survivor. Do you remember when Destiny's Child, when it was four of them, they had a cameo. They had a, they had didn't have a cameo. They had an episode on this show on Disney Channel called Smart Guy. Yes, I used to love Smart Guy, and I loved that episode. Yeah, so yes. much. They performed No 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 in that TV show, and that was I think one of my first times like remembering her and recognizing like this is Destiny's Child. Yes, I love that episode. There's kind of like a, Beyonce has kind of like a love storyline in it. Yes. I love Taj Maori. Yes. He was incredible in that show. So fun. I And I I miss that like Disney Channel shows would do those cameos with yes. pop stars, with singers, recording artists. And that episode was always like a fun standout episode. And when the star like first appears on the show they allow for that like extended applause break you know like from the live studio audience that's so true yeah that was a moment in sitcom disney channel history yes i love that and with destiny's child you know then it became from the four it became the three who we now know as like kelly michelle beyonce the core yes destiny's child group the trinity yes they and that was the perfect formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I re- I think that the first piece of media that really stood out to me from from Destiny's Child was the Say My Name music video. Right. You know, with like the colors and the choreo, um, just a killer music video, and such like a of the time. You know, absolutely. I mean, I definitely went through a Destiny's Child fandom. I remember having, you know, there was a time where you would. You know, you would buy magazines and there Mm -hmm. were teen magazines, like these magazines geared towards teenagers, towards 
um, tweens. And I remember kind of just collecting the Destiny's Child photos and I would put them all up on my wall. So I had a whole like little Destiny's Child wall and I would like just collect their photos and I had just a little like wall of adoration for them. Hell yeah. And then I went to my first Destiny's Child concert and that was Destiny Fulfilled. So I went to their final, their farewell concert. What was that like? That was incredible. Um, I had to have been in middle, I was definitely in middle school, like seventh, eighth grade. And my brother took me with his wife, my sister-in-law. And I just remember, I don't, don't remember where it was. It definitely was at one of the big venues here in LA. But it was just incredible, like to see the chemistry. Like I can still see it in my mind. And I remember because it was Destiny's Fulfilled. So I, I remembered the songs that they performed. But it just being such an incredible experience. Like I've been seeing Beyonce perform live since I was a kid, mm. which is wild because I'm still seeing her now at 29. Yeah. Her staying power is like unlike anybody else. I mean, it really is remarkable um, how long her career has been and how strong it's been, like with no like dips or like she doesn't completely disappear. There's no like, oh, she's making a comeback. It's just right. sh it's just continuing to elevate and level up and get better and better and better, which is so wild that she's had that momentum for such a long time. Like, it's so unheard of, honestly. Yeah, and it's funny because she's cultivated such a strong audience, right, like the Beehive, where they start to, like, recognize signs, like, wait, she took all the photos off her Instagram. Something's coming. Something's happening. You know, and, like, the Beehive, I feel, is very clever in that way where they just, like, look for little cues and they, they try to kind of figure out what's next, even though we'll never know what's next. But yeah. there's, like, definitely people that have um, – there are definitely people that spend their time, you know, watching, like, her moves and trying to figure out, like, when she's going to drop something new or looking for clues and all those things. And so, yeah, I feel like there's an, everyone knows this, right? There's no fandom like the Beehive. There really is. There's no fandom like the Beehive. And I think in a also like in a good way, because like the Barb's like Nikki, like that fandom can be very notorious for kind of bad behavior, like being real petty and nasty sometimes. I used to be a Barb, like Roman's Revenge, like when Nikki first came out, like, of course, you know what I mean? Itty bitty piggy, all that good stuff. Feeling myself, yes. Over the years, Nikki has waned for me. I don't feel the same way about right. Nikki as I once did. But Beyonce, I continue to gain greater appreciation for her as time goes on. Yeah, because I think, you know, she has really managed to show us her craft in very, very explicit ways. And she lets us in when she wants us to come in, like she did with the Netflix special Homecoming um, and we really got to see like what it takes to put on this Coachella performance, right? And it's like we months, months and months and months of performing for this one hour show. Yeah, Beachella, uh, groundbreaking, earth shattering, like dimension shifting, you know, like that was an experience. I wasn't there, but I was streaming. Right. We were all streaming. Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, she also has really evolved as an artist over the years. Like, she's never, for me, fallen flat. And what I love right now is that people are sort of reviewing her career on TikTok. 
I see a lot of old clips from yeah. her Destiny's Child days and like the the ongoing commentary is about how much she has improved as a vocalist. And those early clips, she sounds great, but you can see that the breath control is not the same and like her control is not the same. And now she's just like this unstoppable, like impeccable singer. And um, for me, Renaissance was a, a lot of like re her really flexing how much of a vocalist she is because it's so fast and she's saying so many lyrics and the lyrics are very like involved and complex on the Renaissance album. And for years we've been talking about how our favorite rapper is Beyonce. Yeah. Because the girl can rap. And so I really feel like Renaissance was, it was about the visuals and it was really like highlighting her vocal prowess. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think because she also... What I agree with you completely. She was flexing her vocal range. I think by her starting the Renaissance tour with by singing Dangerously in Love was to show us like I have range. Yeah, I can do this. In case you forgot, I've been doing this because that song Dangerously in Love is from her first solo album. Yes. Yeah. And Dangerously in Love, that was my first. No, I want to say I got that at, like for like my 13th birthday like that album I feel like it came out that year and it was sort of like oh like you're a you're like a teenager now here's your Beyonce CD that's so funny yeah and yeah so you're right she opened with ballads yes and um which was not a choice that I was expecting necessarily I was sort of I don't know what I was expecting I wasn't really expecting anything me either because you can't you I mean can't. you can watch what people say on TikTok of course right but once you experience it firsthand, you really can't have expectations for a performer like Beyonce because she's going to like keep things fresh. Even if she's on a worldwide tour, she's going to shake things up each time she performs. Yeah, she changes up her outfits. I think the even her runs and the way she's performing, she is constantly moving things around and right. playing with things is what it looks like based on the TikTok clips we're seeing based on the overviews. But yeah, and then um, notably <laughs> at the Santa Clara tour stop, Beyonce was named honorary mayor of the day. What can an honorary mayor even do? Is it just is it just optics? Is it just like Beyonce's fucking mayor today? She's just the mayor today. It Alcaldesa. Was, yes, I love it. I love it. I think it's so funny. And then so Marcela Arguello has been talking about this in her recent shows, you know, that Beyonce just stood there in concert and said, I'm the mayor. <laughs> like, that's it. What a statement. I love that. I feel like that clip of her saying, I'm the mayor, could be legendary, like, could be legendary, like Marilyn Monroe singing happy birthday to JFK. Oh, fascinating. You know, just that moment. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's a good comparison. The mayor. It's Beyonce. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's great. So she just continues to surprise us and shock and awe. And then at Beyonce's birthday concert here in L.A., we didn't go to the birthday concert. We thought about it. We went to night two, which was Saturday. And when I tell you that Sunday morning, I was looking for birthday tickets for to see her perform again it was that good it was so good i've never left a concert and thought i need to see this again the same weekend like i've never i've gone to concerts my entire life i've seen i've seen a ton of artists perform incredible artists perform i've never walked away feeling like wow i need more i want to see that again that was so incredible i will never be the same we're literally it was literally what i said i will never be the same yeah it's pre renaissance post renaissance yes and I, what's fascinating is I feel like I have felt that way each time I have seen Beyonce. <laughs> like I, I saw um, the Formation World Tour mm-hmm. and then I went to On the Run. And each time, and including Renaissance, right, afterwards, I'm like, D- just the her mind. Yeah. Her mind. And it always gets me like how how physical she is. Like she's dancing the entire time. 
and like full out, like full out choreo. Right. And her mic is on. She's singing. Her mic is on. And something I've noticed is that she holds a mic. She's not wearing a headpiece. A headpiece. She is holding the mic. And she's been doing this for years because I've also been watching older performances now. And I think there's something really intentional. Like she knows, as an artist, she knows something. Like she's going to hold the mic for a reason. And I feel like it's obviously a very intentional choice because she's dancing one handed. Yes. She's dancing one handed and she's like, handing the mic to her backup dancers. They're handing the mic back to her. She's doing her dance breaks. She's dancing with mic in hand. She's going between like ballads and rapping. And so her mic placement is all over the place. Like she has utmost control of everything like that's going on at any time. And it's really incredible. And what I think is really interesting is, you know, she sings a lot of Renaissance is very disco oriented, disco house and voguing and all of that like combined. And I think a lot of the like disco divas of the past, they were incredible singers and vocalists, but they didn't really dance like while they were performing. But Beyonce brings that into her shows. And it just like, we've all heard those stories of when she was coming up, how her dad would have them running on the treadmill and singing. And I just feel like that has stuck with her, you know, as an artist, she has always like incorporated physicality with her vocals, which I think is one of those things that people are going to be talking about and writing about for years that like really sets her apart truly from everybody. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. It sets her apart in that way because there's a lot, there are a lot of incredible dancers and performers. There are a lot of great singers in our lifetime and before us, but to have them both combined, I think is, is rare at the caliber that she does it. And I think that that's exactly right, that it sets her apart from the other artist. And she performed for like three straight hours. It was wild. There were breaks, of course, for costume changes. She incorporated a lot of short film, a lot of video, um, which I thought was really cool. And as we've seen over the years, Beyonce loves film and video. I mean, the Lemonade album was a visual album and it really like what made that album stand out so hard were the visuals. So I love that she continues with that. And um, I also loved how she had a lot of like mechanics and like Mm -hmm. big moving set pieces. Yeah, giant props to think what it takes to make them. Yeah, to store them and to bring them out. I mean... The stage, the way that it was set up and the way entrances and exits happened was really cool and elaborate. And to think that she takes that all over the country, like city to city. I mean, her operation, we were like talking about it. Like how many millions do you think like each stop costs? Right. And it's not just here in the U.S. It's been a global tour. So adding factoring that in as well of just what it takes to have a show of this magnitude really running. Totally. Shout out operations manager, whoever you are. The team. The team. The team. And she does have her her team from dancers to crew like listed on her website. Like if anyone is curious, she does like fully credit everyone that's worked on this tour. Massive team. Yes. Massive operation. I mean, the costumes alone. And I just, whenever, like, every time there's a break and then they come out with new costumes and it's all the dancers and it's Beyonce and it's the musicians, I just think about, like, backstage. Right. And those costume changes. And they have, like, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, whatever. Totally. And I I wonder, like, 
is it chaos back there? Is it organized chaos? Like, what's the vibe? Like, are people yelling? Are people freaking out? I'd are be buttons, crying. Yeah, are buttons missing? Yeah. Like, what's, like, what happens if you're missing an item? My anxiety couldn't handle it, girl. Like, just like the, the type of stage stuff that we do, which is at an incredibly smaller scale. Yeah. You know, like, I would be a nervous wreck. It's so many moving parts. So many moving parts, 100%. And then occasionally you come across a clip because there's been one or two where it's like, oh, no, Beyonce's mic wasn't on. Kendrick's mic wasn't on. Right. And then like, OK, who was responsible? Who's in charge of that? Scared. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified. I feel like obviously we don't know Beyonce, right? But I feel like Beyonce is like probably a good boss, but like you have to get it done correctly, boss. Or like you're out. Do the job. <laughs> it's, it's like just you have one. It's one of it's one of those things where it's like you have one job. Turn mm -hmm. the mic on, you know. And I'm sure at this scale, there's like multiple people. But yeah, it's like just do do your job. Because Beyonce is going to show up and do her job perfectly. Yes, and she does. And she time. has <laughs> every time. Beyonce is always on beat. So what's your excuse? What's going on? It's true. Those are one of my favorite things. Compilation videos to see online where it's Beyonce dancing yeah. and they someone will put literally a different song and it's Beyonce is always on beat. She will, she, to what, it doesn't matter what song it is. It can be a corrido. It can be a ranchera and she's always on beat. Always on beat. It she, doesn't matter. She always translates. It always crosses over. It just always works. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people have been talking about, of course, we're like kind of in a recession, but no one has really set, we haven't named it officially, right? Beyonce has also, in some ways, like boosted the economy. Um, her and, and other performers like Taylor Swift and the, the release of the Barbie film, which tells you like pay attention to women's interest, obviously. But mm -hmm. so the New York Times did a report on how Beyonce's request that everyone wear silver really fueled uh, Etsy prices because a lot of uh, small businesses, you know, have their uh, little sites on Etsy and make silver blouses, disco hats, fans, everything that you can imagine silver. And people started going in droves, like requesting and ordering. And so they reported these different small businesses that they saw a spike in both searches for and sales of silver clothing and accessories. Like also disco ball earrings, um, like co cowboy hats, like I said, like so, so Beyonce is helping the economy. It, all in all is what I'm saying. Oh, totally. I mean, it's it's so indicative of it, her influence. Yeah. She told people to wear silver. Everybody went out and wore silver. And I'm I'm pretty sure. And this was this was kind of confirmed in line when we were interviewing people. Folks had other outfits planned. And then when she made that announcement, they went out and bought different outfits. Yeah. As soon as that request went out, like I had in my inbox, you know, the brands that I'm subscribed to were sending emails like get your silver outfit here and it was wild to see how it shifted and like just so quickly and like people caught on and really had to change maybe what they had um, planned for the week as, as a brand right that they had to get the silver yeah out in front of everybody absolutely I think the mute challenge is also yeah. so interesting because in the middle of a concert to get the entire stadium to be quiet and then like it's an expectation right like the crowd is enforcing it and managing 
other crowd members because we want the whole stadium quiet. Like, honestly, when in the history of any concert ever has the entire stadium been silent? And then she recreates that over and over and over again. Like, it's hard to get people to be quiet. Yeah. And then it's that expectation of, like, we can't upset her. We have to get it done. We have to impress her. Yes. You know, my cousin, we went with to the concert. We went with two of my cousins and my prima texted me like, we have to impress Beyonce. Like, we have to (laughs) shut the fuck up when she tells us to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so funny that, again, that expectation that of everyone to be quiet in a stadium of 80,000 people. And it's like hit or miss depending where you go. And I think also what section you're in. Yeah. Because I thought night two when we were there did really well. Oh, yeah. But then I see people that were also there at night two post their videos and it doesn't sound the same. So I just feel like this the stadium is so big and the acoustics, I, like the way sound travels, you know, when a big stadium full of people, mm-hmm. like it could be quiet to us. But it's loud over here. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm fully. I was fully convinced. Like, oh, my God, we did it. I was fully convinced we we did did a great job. And then I get on TikTok and Twitter and everyone's like, y'all fucked up. (gasps) How embarrassing. I know. No. We didn't win. Not L.A. My like competitive perfectionist side is like, what do you mean we didn't win? Yeah. And then it's like, you know, Beyonce, as she said in her in the concert at Renaissance, she's like, I live in L.A. And then she chose to have her birthday in L.A. So it's like we have to show up and show out. We have to do it right because it seemed kind of special. Yeah. You know, totally like the stop at SoFi. Yeah. Yeah. It being at Inglewood, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. I'd never been to SoFi before. Beautiful stadium. And I honestly felt like the aesthetic of the stadium, it's very futuristic. And I just feel like it lent itself to the type of show that that we saw. Like Mm -hmm. it just worked really well. The venue and Renaissance was a happy, it was a happy marriage. I agree. I agree completely. Um, That was, I think, my third time at SoFi. And definitely, I mean, yeah, without a doubt, my favorite time. You can't, really cannot top Beyonce. No, I I hate to be like, what is she going to do next? Because she's still on tour. Right. It's not done. When is the final stop? When is it going to be over? I think the final stop is in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Amazing. Either in Houston or New Orleans. But it's definitely going to be in the South is the final stop. And there are, you know, again, the beehive speculating. So mm-hmm. apparently Meg the Stallion was headlining a music festival, but she's no longer on the lineup. <gasps> and the, because the dates matched up with Beyonce being in Houston. So people are already speculating like, oh, she was pulled from the lineup because Beyonce requested Meg be in Houston, which makes sense. Yes. And so, again, the way the beehive can just like investigate and like pull these pieces together and like we'll see what happens right we'll see if it's true but it makes sense it does make sense and how exciting i know i mean what a guest what i mean like that stadium is gonna explode if she brings out megan girl i was even thinking like because she i don't know if it's this weekend but she's gonna be in seattle so by the time this comes out maybe that'll concert will have already passed but i was even thinking like do we go to seattle (gasps) You know, like, do we follow her? Do we follow her till the end of the tour? Because it was just that good. Yeah, and if yeah. you had the privilege of going, like, you know what we're talking about. Because if there's one thing we're not going to tolerate here is Beyonce slander no. or haters. No. Because it's one thing, like, okay, you don't vibe with her music. Maybe it's not your thing. 
but you can't discredit the, ta- the talent. You can't. You're yeah. just being a hater. Yeah. You know, it's she's she's legend status and really like very unimpeachable. You know, she has worked so hard to like keep it to the work and keep it to the music. There's been personal stuff here and there along the way, mm-hmm. but I think that she has had such like a watertight grip on her PR and on her public image and the things that we have access to as a public, I think she has a lot of control. Absolutely. She super, super highly curates everything that we see from her. And she really, I think that 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 is one of the reasons why she's been around for so long. Like she's not embroiled in like wild public scandal because what she shares with us is not her personal stuff. It's the personal things that have influenced the art. Yes. You know, so like we knew about the Jay-Z cheating and doing all that stuff, but because she turned it into a groundbreaking visual album that changed the course of pop culture and history (laughs) as we know it. But that's why we know about him. Yes. Because of how she chose to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Because for years people have, you know, speculated and rumors and this and that. And she never publicly addressed it because she doesn't have to. No. But for her to then turn it into this huge album... And then it, it guess what? It ends with redemption because Beyonce's not going to divorce that man. Mm-mm. She's not. Mm-mm. She loves that man. Yes. I have a conspiracy theory that she has a girlfriend. I just think Renaissance is too queer uh-huh. for her to not. It's not just I'm an ally and an, I'm appreciator of ball culture. It's I have insider knowledge. So I have my own conspiracy theory that she has a girlfriend or she's like had had a lover that's a woman. Sure, sure. And these are things we'll never get confirmation of. Like Beyonce is going to be in a seemingly heteronormative marriage until maybe she decides no. But uh-huh. in my little queer heart, like be- this album is a little tell. Okay. There, she's like pointing. She has. She's giving you signs. Yes. <laughs> there are signs pointing to queer. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, and I think it's one of those things that she is, like you said, she's only going to ever tell us through the art and in her own way. Yes. And it's it's up to us to interpret and to read it and mm-hmm. to see it. And I think she loves clues. Like she loves a good clue. She loves a good mystery. She loves to tease us. She loves to play with us. And she loves to let us know that like she's online and she's watching. Yes, she is watching. And she, yeah, I agree. She, she knows. knows. <laughs> She knows. She knows the chatter. She really does. She can keep up with it. Like. You know, there was a conspiracy theory uh, many years ago that she was the head of the Illuminati, right? And then what does she do? She puts that in a song, right? Like, she knows. And you are corny with your Illuminati mess. It is corny. It is is corny. corny. (laughs) It is. It's absolutely corny. Like, in what world? Like, come on. Be serious. Yes. She doesn't have time for all of that. No. I mean, I even had someone tell me, I haven't shared this on air, and I'm going to change the details a little bit it's it'll be fact but i'm not going to include any any specifics about this person but someone was telling me that they were actually selling their beyonce tickets and i'm like oh why i mean renaissance was like it was so hard to get tickets like why would you sell them and she goes yeah they're even floor seats and i'm like oh well why are you selling them and she goes you know i just she beyonce is a satanist oh my she's of the she's of the occult like she just had like all these conspiracy theories and she was telling me them and I was just sitting there like, oh, you're so far gone, the TikTok rabbit hole. I can't even pull you out of it. 
And I was not in a position to really challenge her, like physically. I could not challenge this person, oh, like to I ask know, questions. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so the reason I'm also sharing is because I kind of want to turn this into a story. So like we'll we'll talk about that later, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I also don't want you know I don't want to publicly say who this person is. But anyway, the point is like if there's one, there's many, right? And mm. like she didn't make this theory up on her by herself. And so again, like it. It goes to show, I think, like when a woman like Beyonce, a black woman like Beyonce reaches this like status, this legendary status, it's like, oh, there has to be outside external factors like mm. an Illuminati to make her so powerful. Yeah. As opposed to how hardworking and talented she is. Yeah. It can't just be, oh, no, millions of people throughout the globe love her. Right. She is universally adored. And it's so real. Like, it is a character flaw <laughs> to not like Beyonce. <laughs> like, to, you're like, I feel like people who don't like Beyonce are on some hater, on some hater stuff, you know? It's like, and and the reasons that they don't like her are always like weird. Yeah. Like the one you just shared. Right. And based like not in reality. No. Like they have to invent a reason not to like her, right. which I also find interesting because yeah. they can't say that she can't sing. No, you can't hate on her for her vocals. They can't say she's ugly. She's like one of the most beautiful women ever. Right. You can't say that she can't dance. Like what What else can you say about her? You have to invent. Right. You know, like some weird reason, which I think is says a lot in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. I think it says more about the other person that's claiming that this person is not talented or not worthy of all the accolades they've received. I also want to share this anecdote as we wrap up that when I was young, I was in middle school, I was a little girl, and Beyonce had a perfume with Tommy Hilfiger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Beyonce at this time was like superstar, but she wasn't the Beyonce we know now, right? So she did, to promote this perfume, she did a stop at the Lakewood Mall. Dead. And so she was there at Macy's. And so who was that? who who went? I did of with course. my mother of course. at 5 a.m. and my best friend Jackie and her mother. And the four of us were there standing in line at Macy's waiting for Beyonce and there was a little meet and greet and so you know, I was so shy and nervous seeing this beautiful human in front of me so I remember meeting her she signed my little perfume and I just I think I just said I love you so much <gasps> I, I'm such a Destiny's Child fan like thank you for everything like, you know just yeah. like very few words came out of my mouth and I remember at the time thinking she was just so like she was so small is she, she was really? like larger than life, obviously, yeah. but I think feel like she has such this big persona, right? That you're you're like she's gonna be seven feet tall, right. right? And then you meet her, and she's like this beautiful tiny person. How tall is she? Do you think? I don't remember, but and I was also young, mm. so to me, I was like maybe I because I was a kid, I thought she was gonna be so so tall, and she's like a big a big adult, you yeah, know. Right. But I remember thinking like she's like this tiny person, and she's so beautiful. What is she like five three? She think? has to be I'm tiny. Oh let's my god! Let's look it up. What is Wikipedia? How say? tall is Beyonce? <laughs> it says five seven. No. But she, I mean, maybe I pictured her to be taller. But I don't know. I was also right. young, but I remember thinking like this woman is small, like. In, yeah. in, in an endearing way, yeah. you know, in like, a, oh, you're so like, 
human. Beautiful you're a human. human. Yes. You're a person. You're a person. Oh, wait, sorry. Hold on. There's no actual clear <gasps> height for height. Beyonce. No one knows no how one tall knows. she is. I'm I, screaming. There's speculation between 5'2 <laughs> and 5'7, so she could be any height. I love that there's speculation. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> See, she doesn't tell us if she doesn't want us to know. No. If she wanted us to know, the information would be out there. We know that she has double Ds. Of course. She, that, she's like, you we guys need to know much. that. You need to know that I have double Ds. Girl, if I had small boobs, which I do, and then I became a double D, I would be telling everybody also. Yeah. It's I'd be double D diosa. <laughs> like. <laughs> I love that. She's always been like voluptuous. voluptuous. So she's never been like a size A like me, but like. You know, when yeah. she g- became a mother and got those double Ds, yeah. like she was letting everybody know. Absolutely. She's been very proud of her post-baby body. Yeah, I think sure. she really uh, embraces the mom curves, which is great. I love her as a mom. She's so cute. She loves her kids so much. You can tell she's just like so excited yeah. to have her little family, yeah. her 5011 f- her children, <laughs> as she says. <laughs> So Beyonce is the greatest performer ever. Of all time. I think that that's a good place to To end. end. (laughs) But before we end, I did want to do a little flash around with Mala. What was your first Beyonce concert? My first Beyonce concert was definitely, it was, it had to be on the run. Was that before Formation? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Formation was first? No, on the run was first. And then Formation. Yes. Okay. So it was on the run. Yeah, and which was at the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. I've seen so I've seen her twice at the Rose Bowl, and then now it's SoFi, and yeah, that's it. That's that's. Um, I hope to continue seeing her. We will. Yeah, we're gonna keep going. I mean, as long as she puts on shows, like we gotta go. How yeah. About, how about you? My first one was the Verizon Ladies tour, and that was Dangerously in Love, I think. But she wasn't a, she wasn't touring solo yet. So it was with uh, Missy Elliott and Alicia Keys. Stop it. I can't believe I went. I like can't even believe that that was a real like I'm like, did I make that up? No, it was a real concert. And my brother Amazing. took me. My, where, where was that? It was in Anaheim at the Honda Civic Center. Nice. And that was my first Beyonce concert. And then from there, like I've gone to I think I've only missed one concert, but I've gone to all of them. I went to Sasha Fierce. <sighs> I went there. Was, I've been to Sasha a bunch Fierce. of them. Yes. What an era. What a time. S- such a good era. And yeah, she's one of those people where it doesn't matter what happens. If she's going to be on tour, I'm going to try to get tickets. There's very yeah. few people I feel that way about, but she's yeah. one of them. Absolutely. I also feel like there's just no bad seat in the house. Like we we were joking, like we're in the nosebleeds, we're in the fives. We weren't. We weren't in the fives. We were in the threes. We was and it was great. And it was great. And it was great. It was perfect. Yeah. It wasn't floor. We're not at floor level yet, but like I think yeah, it's like to me it didn't matter. I was no. like, even if we get fives, I just want to be there. We could see. Yeah. We could see everything. Yeah. And I think she's very intentional in her how she sets up her stage and her visuals and all that good stuff for that reason. Favorite album? Oh my god. I love B-Day so much because I feel like that's really one of her, that's a really good dance album. It is. Like I remember parties growing up, formative years, and the music off of B-Day was playing everywhere and we were dancing to it for a long time. Uh, I also love Four. Four is amazing. I mean, I also love Self-Titled. I mean... I mean, I also love Lemonade. Like, it's so it's so hard because they're also so different. They're so different. And I think also because we've grown up with her, 
it's like you said, she's always been around, but it's also like you can remember what was happening in your life around the time the, of the Beyonce album. Like self-titled were my college days. You know, mm-hmm. B-Day, I think I was in maybe in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, Sasha mm-hmm. Fears, I was definitely in high school because I saw her in high school. But yeah, it's like you can also associate these albums with something that was happening in your life. Oh, absolutely. And then I mean, um, you know, the surprise album, mm-hmm. which was what self-titled that was self-titled that was in college yeah and i remember being at the latino center wait hold on what where were you when the digital popped that's my next question yes i was in college at the latino center it was the middle of the night because she released it in the middle of the night and it was like i think andrew nunez shout out andrew nunez we're all like late because it's like finals time so we're all late night like working studying and there was like 10 of us in there and Andrew Nunez was on Tumblr and he was like, oh, oh my God. We're like, what? He's like, Beyonce just dropped a surprise album. We're like, what? He's like, Beyonce just dropped a surprise album. He's like, you don't understand. And then we spent the rest of the night not studying. Fuck finals. We're immersed. And where were you? Girl, same. It was also final was season finals. for me. And I remember... I was, I woke up from a nap because I was in the middle of like writing papers, studying. So it's like, okay, power nap. And I wake up from my nap and I go on Twitter and Twitter is on fire. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like Beyonce this, Beyonce that. And I'm like, what happened? And then it's like, oh my God, she dropped an album. So same, we, I stopped doing anything. It's like, you wake up right away. Finals don't exist anymore. Let's put the album on the TV. And like, we played it all night. And, and then the rest of the week and the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing the grown woman video and being like, oh, my God, she fucking snapped. She went off. What is she doing to us? So good. Yes. So good. The greatest performer of our lifetime, honestly. Of all, I mean, of all time. Nobody, yeah. nobody holds a candle. Nobody comes close. I don't want to hear. I, I can't stand the Taylor Swift comparisons. No. It irks me to my core. It's like, yes, Taylor Swift is obviously talented. She's a songwriter. She performs. But they're not in the, they're not in the same caliber because her de- her perform her career is 26 years long. Like yes. you can't put them in the same track. It's no. not to deny anyone else's talent, but it, they're not in the same lane. The comparisons are honestly unfair to Taylor Swift. They are, yeah. And Taylor Swift is super talented. You know, I know she has a really intense fandom also. I forget what they're called. The Swifties. There we go. But no, it's not. It, you can't. You literally shouldn't. Like, if you care about Taylor Swift at all, don't compare her to Beyonce. You cannot compete where you don't compare. Like, you're setting Taylor up to be dragged. Yeah. It's not nice. Don't and, do that. And someone made, I mean, not to dive not to get too into this, but I sent this TikTok video to Mala where someone said, you know, we've all grown alongside Beyonce. We've seen her albums evolve. We've seen her evolve and change as an artist. Whereas Taylor's albums and some Bane have stayed very on brand and similar. You know, there hasn't been that much of a obvious evolution compared to Beyonce, right? And yeah. again, like they're just the career length is not the same, Mm-mm. so we can't really judge in the same way. Yeah, and you know, I I, I used to love Taylor Swift. Um, when I was in high school, I really liked Taylor Swift, but I I I miss when she was doing country music. Like I miss when she was when she was like more of a hick. You know, like that was like my favorite Taylor. Like pop star Taylor is not my favorite. 
You know, I just don't think it translates for me. And like we said, like she, the girl doesn't dance. Like she doesn't and Beyonce does. And yeah. for me, it's like, that's one of those things that pop star status, like, come on. Yeah, it's like, and, and I don't, these people, you can't, again, it's Beyonce, right? But it's like Britney Spears, pop star that yeah. sang and danced. And she danced her ass off. Yes, she performed. Yes, You yes. know, and I think that there's just, there's far and few of the artists that do that can do both yeah i mean beyonce has done a lot of different types of movies i mean i think one of the the only other pop star who has done as many movies as beyonce i don't have numbers in front of me but just like i feel like j-lo has done a lot of movies we're not going to do j-lo beyonce comparisons you can't because you can't i would not do that to j-lo no i just wouldn't do that to her that's unfair but j-lo's done a lot of movies beyonce has done a lot of movies from obsessed dream girls Cadillac Records, where she portrayed Eartha Kitt. I mean, Beyonce has, she was in Austin Powers. No, she portrayed Etta Etta James. James. I'll do that again. Uh, Yeah, Beyonce's been in everything from Obsessed to Cadillac Records, where she portrayed Etta James. She was in Dreamgirls. I mean, Dreamgirls. I mean, come on. Come on. She killed it. The first Beyonce movie that I actually saw, throwback, you're like in the hive if you know this film. It's Carmen, a hip hop And she starred opposite Mackay Pfeiffer, throwback. Amazing. He was like the guy at the time in the early 2000s, right? And that movie, like, I think didn't, it's like would be considered a cult classic, right? It, I don't think it was as big as obviously Dreamgirls, but to me, like, I loved that movie so much as a kid. It just did everything for me because she was singing in it. It had drama. It was like kind of bruja type things. Yeah. Very good. She's acting. She's rapping once again. Yep. Yeah, Beyonce is an actor and like, I don't think people give her enough flowers for her film career. Yeah. You know, so just again, all that to say, unmatched, untouched, in- the incomparable. She's one of one. She's the only one. She is number one. She is unique and she is Beyonce. And with that, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Locatora Radio. We hope you liked this one. We love doing deep dives into some of our faves and just talking about the incredible work that they've done over the years so expect a little more of these this season we have a couple other coming for you remember to leave a review share with a friend and till next time besitos Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, is executive produced and hosted by me, Mala Munoz, and Diosa Femme. Story editing by me, Diosa. Audio editing by Stephanie Franco. Thank you to our locamores, our listeners, for all of your support. Besitos! Locatora Radio. A radiophonic novella. Hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Femme.
to your network. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 